This is Walking the Line. I am your co-host, Sean Seafeld. With your other co-host, Jacob Wine. And your last co-host, Connor Seafeld. And we are the most diverse sports podcast on all platforms. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Walking the Line. Uh, as you can see, we unfortunately don't have all three of us here today, um, for this part at least. Uh, but we do have a very special episode today. We have our fifth guest. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we can talk a little bit more about him later on in the episode here before we get into the interview. But uh, really quick, we did just want to run through uh, and talk a little bit of sports before we go into it. Um, yes. Yeah. I think we're going to talk a little bit little bit of baseball, a little bit of football, and then get right into the interview. Yes, and a little bit of baseball, Jake. Yes, a little bit. I know, I know. All right, what is going on, everyone? This is a, a co-host from Walking the Line Podcast, Jacob. Uh, if you're watching this, it means you're on our YouTube channel. Uh, do us a favor, click like and subscribe, and uh, yeah, let's get into the show. We'll have a big episode coming out before the playoffs anyway, so it's all good. Yeah. Maybe we'll somehow, um, maybe we'll somehow get an MLB uh, manager, coach that isn't in the playoffs on. Maybe we'll get Rocco. <laughs> maybe. Um. Nah. Um. But yeah. So, a little little baseball update for uh, anyone who's been living under a rock recently. Uh, Cardinals won now twelve straight uh, as of recording this part of the episode. Uh, this part of the episode. Um, so they are now firmly cementing themselves in the second wild card spot. Uh, same with the Dodgers, because the Padres can't win a game. Um, <laughs> the Dodgers just need the Padres to win a game or two, uh, or even have swept the Giants at all this last week, and they couldn't do it. So the Dodgers aren't going to win their division. Yeah, Padres, they just, they just stink. Oh, you stink! Flat out stink. Yeah. They're bad. Like, horrendous right now. Yeah. Um, if they would have kept that same pace at the start of the year, they'd be the most exciting team in baseball. Yeah, I saw some stat. It was along the lines of, like, they were on pace to win 100 win or have 100 wins or something at the All-Star break or something like that, or, like, for, through the first two months. And then from there on, they were on pace to have 100 losses, so... Yeah. Not good. Yeah, tail two halves with that team. Um let's see what else. Oh, the or the NL East is just a absolute mess. Um no, any team can win that, really. It, I mean, the three teams that are still not eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah. So the Phillies, the Mets, and the Braves. And um I they really, all can I really blow it. hope the Mets don't make it just because all the Mets fans would just be very upset, and it's just kind of funny because the Mets, you know, they traded for Lindor, they paid good money for him, and then they traded for Baez. just hasn't worked out right now, so it's just kind of funny to see him react to them not being great. Yeah, um, and who knows, maybe we see a, a, a leadership change in the Mets organization also with, uh, you know, there's rumors going around Billy Bean wants to be reunited uh, he wants to go back to the Mets. It's where he played uh, as a player. So, Moneyball Part Two. Who knows? Maybe he's gonna start penny pinching with with the Mets budget instead of the A's budget. So, yeah. Just oh, we just signed Lindor for three hundred some million. Sorry, gotta trade you. I don't know about that, but as people to build around at that point. Um, yeah. Let's see. In the in the AL. We're seeing a really, really fun, uh, another exciting race going on, but for the wild card spot, um, actually both wild card spots, honestly. Um, the, I mean, the Red Sox have not cemented their playoff team yet, so we could see, I mean, we could even see uh, the A's sneaking in or Seattle sneaking in. Um, you know, there's some interesting things in there. Right now it's Yankees, Red Sox, if I do believe, yep. because Blue Jays are like a half game back. Yep. But that'd be just a fun series, seeing the Yankees, Red Sox play in playoffs. It's always a good time. Yeah, I wish we would get a full seven with them. 
just because, you know, it's it's that rivalry. It's the same thing with the Dodgers and Giants, or honestly, whoever has to play the Giants. Like, uh, if the Dodgers win the wild card game, they'd play the Giants in a five-game series, and it's going to be 200-plus win teams playing in a five-game series uh, to move on, and that's kind of ridiculous, but whatever. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting couple of weeks coming up to see who get these last playoff spots. Besides, yeah. like, the NL wild card, because I feel like the Cardinals, I think they got that in lock. And, of course, yeah. the Dodgers or Giants do as well. Yeah. I also think uh, an interesting thing that is going on right now that I don't think is going to happen is everyone making a big deal about Flad Jr.'s uh, Triple Crown race. Um, yeah. I mean, he has a two-point lead in batting average. He's tied for the home run lead, and he is not in the, uh, I believe he's, yeah, he's not in the lead for RBIs either, so. Yeah, well, big fly old Tani Sun's going to take the home run record. I mean, yeah, for this season at least. Yeah, he is, he is tied, for, or he is in second place right now. Uh, Vladdy and... Sal Perez are tied for the lead, so. Yeah, like I said, though, Shohei is going to come out of nowhere and just hit some nukes his last games because Angels aren't in the playoffs, so why not just let it fly? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some interesting stories that we can talk about at the uh, baseball episode that we're going to be doing here when the playoffs start, so some interesting things that happen throughout the year. Sure, and I will try to DM some MLB coaches, see if they want to come on. Well, yeah, we'll try to get somebody. Give us some insight before the playoffs, maybe. Yeah. Or be- or worst case, you know, we just have that Padres fan on. <laughs> that would be kind of funny, yeah. That would be very fun. Um, But yeah, other than that, really, uh, it, it's, it's difficult to talk much with only a week left um in the MLB um really we're going to we're going to be breaking it all down when we go into uh the the playoffs for next week um but really other than that I, there's not much else I want to say yeah well i mean segue into our next sport a sport that has multiple weeks left and that is the NFL we're in week 2 uh I guess not many surprises right now since it's only been two weeks, but there have been a few. The Rams, I believe they're looking like Super Bowl contenders. They played Tampa Bay this weekend, so that'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah. Uh, any other surprises? Mm, Cardinals 2-0. Do they deserve to be 2-0? As a Vikings fan, no. No. Because Vikings should not be 2-0. I mean, 0-2. 0-2, Yes. But they got a boomer coach. I said it. Sorry, older people in the, that are maybe listening, but Mike Zimmer, he is a boomer. His coaching styles are like 1990s still, and it's 2020. Yeah, we also, I, I mean, we've talked about it before, but the the, uh, the Panthers are also fairly surprising. And the Raiders. Um, the Raiders and the Raiders, well. yes. Uh, we did also talk about the Broncos being 2-0, and um, but they haven't played anyone. At all, so... Yeah, they played... No, I saw something, because they played Jacksonville, and Jacksonville has Trevor Lawrence, if you didn't know. And a lot of people are just saying, hey, oh, who was... I forget the player they compared him to, but it was, like, a bad player. And, like, people are just overlooking him because, oh, it's his first season, or something along the lines. So, because Trevor Lawrence is not having that great of a season right now. But a lot of people aren't talking about it, which I'm yeah. kind of surprised by. Yeah, I don't know. I think when you get drafted number one overall like that, like people are going to come out and expect you to play um, and expect you to perform at the highest level right away. Yeah. And I think sometimes as a quarterback, that's a difficult thing to do, especially with, um, I believe, Ur- Urban Meyer's not a first-year coach, right? He's a sec- no, second year? This is his first year. This is his first year. So, yeah, I think that's – there's going to be growing pains, man. Like, I don't know. Well, speaking of two other quarterbacks that are rookies, I mean, there's there's a couple. But Zach Wilson, I think he, that guy has five interceptions right now in two games. 
Oof. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Like I saw somebody picks. tweeting out saying their grandma could have less picks through <laughs> through two games than Zach Wilson does, and I was like, "That's kind of mean, man." Like, yeah, I mean Zach Wilson, they had a couple like tip tip throws that got interceptions, but like five picks. Ouch. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Then Justin Fields, he's another rookie. He's starting this upcoming weekend, so maybe he will bring some electricity to Chicago Bears since Andy Dalton doesn't know how to run. Yeah, I agree, and it and it could honestly be a really fun game to watch too, with uh the Browns being a very fun team to watch as well, and seeing Justin Fields, um, you know, he's gonna be the future of that team, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, see, it's just always fun to watch mobile quarterbacks play, like the Ravens Chiefs this past weekend. That was just a fun game because those two quarterbacks made plays with their legs. They both can sort of throw, even though Lamar is a running back. He's top five in the rushing yards, so he qualifies as a running back. But yeah. Yeah. Mobile quarterbacks are just are just fun to watch. So Justin Fields, it'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's pretty much all I got for NFL. You got anything he, else? No, that's pretty much all I had too. Um Well yeah, like Jake mentioned before. Surprised. Like Jake mentioned before, we got a guest coming on and I'll give you a little <clears throat> insight on him because i mean you'll see his name throughout instagram the youtube title but his name is mason espinosa he is an arena league football player and well he went to d3 college ohio wesleyan but this man holds 17 records there and he is the all-time passing yards leader in their conference ncac so this man's a certified GOAT in their conference. And after college, he got invited to Pittsburgh Steelers rookie minicamp, but he did not make the team, so that's why he's playing Arena League right now. And this man's kind of been all over the place, but he's been to Pennsylvania, Montana, Georgia, and New York. But in his time in Georgia, he's played for the Columbus Lions, where he's been to three championships with them, and he has not won a single one. So, not with them anyways. Ouch. But he did go to Albany, where he won a championship as a backup. We didn't bring that up in the interview, because, you know, no one wants to talk about that. But, yeah. He also did win an MVP this past season for Columbus, and he's won two Offense Player of the Years. So, I think he's a pretty good guy to have on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I unfortunately was not there for the for the, uh, the interview, uh, you know, people get busy it is what it is but uh i know it was a good one uh and i know i i hope everyone else is gonna enjoy gonna enjoy listening to it yeah for sure you guys will like this so i think with that why don't we head into the next segment for our sponsor of today's podcast it is drum roll please no one back to the episode all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with the guest I was talking about. I gave some background info in the last segment, but here he is now, Mason Espinosa, everyone. With 32. So now 38 for Espinosa. Sony, Espinosa looking towards the... Espinosa stepping back. There. Espinosa, quick screen. Big Lewis, Cornelius Lewis is into the end zone. And make that tough catch there. Someone didn't go. <laughs> What's going on, guys? What's up? What's up? Welcome. Welcome. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, yeah appreciate a, having you on as well. I had a little trouble with playing this out, but hey, we're here now. At least two of us from our podcast are here now. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Now, appreciate you guys being flexible. I know I'm a, I'm a headache to deal with sometimes. You should see my... <laughs> See, you should see other people mess. It's, it's hilarious trying to get in touch with me sometimes. So, yeah, no, I appreciate you guys. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, how are you feeling right now? After the season just got done, how are you feeling? Yeah, no, I feel pretty good. Uh, you know, it's it's you're kind of at that point now where you start to really miss it. <laughs> you know, you get a you get a couple of weeks away where you're kind of like, okay, I need some. You know, it's time to chill. It's time to relax. You know, for a little bit, let your body heal, and then now you're getting back to the point. It's like, man, you know what? I let's go play another ten or twelve games and feel really good about it. So, kind of to that point now. Well, okay, well, I played football. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I never miss the practices for football. I never do. Yeah. But whenever we play the the bad teams in our conference, I think that's what I miss the most about football. 
Yeah. Then you, can just, you can just beat up on them and, hey, you have a good time after that Friday night game. It's, That's it's it, time. man. Run it up on them a little bit. Those are the fun ones. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So I see here that you you won uh, the 2021 NAL MVP for, for your team, the Columbus Lions. Did, yeah. Wow, how how good was your season? Was it was it pretty special? Was it a real good season or? It was, yeah, no, it was it was a fun group of guys. I had to play around, like I, you know, you go look at some of like the local media and stuff we had. Like it, like all season, it was a consistent theme. It's like, and sometimes I really had the easy job out there. Like there mm-hmm. was such great talent around me. Uh, I was really just kind of the fortunate byproduct. And you know, that anytime in any sport, there's you know an MVP or most valuable player or player of the year attached. It really is a team award. I know it's cliche and, and it's dumb, but it really is. Like in no football game in the history of the world has the quarterback snapped it to himself, blocked for himself, threw the pass, and caught the touchdown. Like it just does, it doesn't happen. So it was a fun. It was a special season. We we could tell it's a special season from uh, kind of the beginning, uh, but you know, we just didn't know. You know, kind of the where it finished. Uh, you know, I know we all are really proud of, it, and I know I I individually, personally, am really proud of it. Yeah, I mean, must suck not getting that championship that season because that would just be great. I mean, anytime you can win, it's always fun. A hundred percent, right? I mean, that that's what it's all about. You know, you you want to you want to finish on top, especially in the championship. Like, you know, you sit on, you just kind of like sit and mull on that loss all you know all yeah. off season. It's like, oh, what could I have done differently? Like, was there something? But you know, just. Wasn't meant to be this go around. Uh, unfortunately, that cow that makes, uh, you know, I, I don't want to jinx myself here, but four championship appearances in a row yeah. and uh, one for four, unfortunately. So, yeah, <laughs> got to get that winning percentage up in the championship yeah. game or something. Got to got to change something up what I'm doing. So, yeah, definitely, definitely do again. I mean, if you're making appearances, it's going to happen at some point. Yeah, yeah. But at least there's something to be said for being there. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Twenty five percent's not. I mean, not great, but hey, you at least won one, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's at least good. it wasn't you know yeah. Jim Kelly and the Buffalo Bills, or you know, yeah. you know out there going over four. That one really sit. That would really sit. So. Yeah. Or, or being a Vikings fan. All the True. Time. <laughs> oh, the Vikings. Okay. All right. Two of us. You know what, building. Vikings? Vikings fans out there. I'm a Kirk Cousins believer, by the way. I know I'm going off on a tangent here. I'm a Kirk Cousins believer. I just want to get that out there. I think he catches way too much flack. I think my man can throw the ball around a little bit. Well, yeah. I really think we're going to be okay. Yeah, you're you're a quarterback. You kind of know what more of an advanced league quarterback. So you kind of know what he sees, how the defense is. I mean, he's playing pretty good though, right? He is. Yeah, I mean, anytime you put up the stats, he does. You know, you're doing something right. Yeah. I mean, it just you know, and and you know, just especially in the NFL, like you never know the complexities of what's going on. You never know, you know, who who got beat up front. You never know, you know, who ran the wrong sight read. Who ran, you know, who blew a protection. You you never you never know. So there's a lot of stuff I think that quarterbacks naturally get the blame for that. Yeah is tough and that you can't stay because you know at that you don't want to call people out to the press or do whatever especially at that level but then the other token you know you get a lot of get a lot of credit when you know like you said you get to hand the ball off to dalvin cook and score 35 points that always helps too so you get some of that credit too so it's two-sided all right well this may be a little off topic but you're like in the cleveland area you said right Cleveland yeah yeah so I'm right right as I'm currently sitting right now I'm about 45 minutes south of Cleveland uh, a little bit closer to Akron like the Akron area yeah so are the Browns your team or what Uh, is your team I I (laughs) cannot stand the Cleveland Browns I cannot stand the Ohio State Buckeyes I can't I uh I just like it has nothing to do with allegiances like of like geographic or whatever it has everything to do with i'm not a natural you know person from ohio i'm not what do they call it ohioans maybe i'm not i'm originally from tennessee but i went to college in ohio so yeah and i went to college were you a goat were you a goat (laughs) it it was fun it was a fun four years but it was it's so the people in ohio have like this incredible passion and infatuation for their teams and it's absolutely 
like overboard for me. Like just yeah. being around, like everything is home down for them. It's all like, Oh, Ohio state, this Ohio state, that I'm sick of hearing about Ohio state. I'm sick of hearing about the Cleveland Browns. I want them to lose every game. So I'd never have to hear about them again. That's where I sit right now. Yeah, they're kind of like New York teams or L.A. teams. Like, you're always hearing people talk about the Yankees or the Lakers. It's like, come on, God. When's the last time the Browns won a – well, besides last year. When did they win a playoff game before that? Let's pump the brakes, guys. We're not in the Super Bowl every year. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's just – that just seems how it kind of is. But you said you're originally from Tennessee, and you ended yeah. up at a D three school in Ohio. What made what made you make that decision? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, honestly, just being a young kid, uh, I was a two sport athlete in high school. Uh, obviously, football, baseball. Uh, cool. What'd you I love. How fast I, did you throw in baseball? Quick question. Man, you know what? I don't. I've. I've. I, of course, everyone says it's all washed up. This old shoulder injury. <laughs> I've I've never officially been on a radar gun to this day. I never have. I'll, I'll I'd like to go out right now and be on the gun. I love I love to be kind of where I sit, where I'm at. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I wish I did. Uh, I I remember my sophomore year. My my baseball coach was thinking like you know throwing bullpens. Like he just from his side, he'd be like, oh you know you're you're kind of you know you're somewhere in the mid upper 80s, somewhere in there. Right, you know right. my sophomore year, and so. I don't know where I progressed as I got, you know, older, yeah. you know, I kind of hit my get, hit kind of hit puberty at that point, but, uh, I don't know. I wish I knew, but yeah. I, I was a baseball player. As you can tell, I loved it. I, you know, I grew up playing baseball. You can only play football so much throughout the year. You can play baseball pretty much all year. So I did the travel baseball circuit. I did all that. So when I got out of it, when I started getting recruited by these schools, uh, one of my big things I wanted to do is I wanted to play baseball as well. Yeah. And most schools were recruiting me to be a to be a football player and to be a quarterback. And, you know, a lot of it was like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, you can play baseball and you get up here, too. And Ohio Wesleyan was like the one school that was like, hey, you know, like I'm sure the football coach has set it up. But the baseball coach called me, too. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to recruit you. I'm going to recruit you by, you know, on your own right there as a baseball player. And that sold me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go play football. I'm going to go play baseball. I'm going to be a two sport. I don't care how small it is, like the whole thing. Uh, never played baseball once I got on campus. Football coaches nixed it real quick after my freshman year, but uh, it got me on campus anyway. So I guess it is what it is at that point. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, we got another fellow two-sport athlete down here. I think he's okay. below you. I don't know if I necessarily call that two-sport athlete. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. No two-sport. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. What the sports? What do you got for me? <laughs> It's a it's golf and esports. So nice. I don't know that's if say. Hey, quick trigger with esports. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I'm getting paid to do it. That's all that matters, dude. That hundred percent. You'll get yeah. a kick out of this. My well, so when I was a senior in high school, I'm actually technically was a three sport letterman because uh, we one day we had a rain delay at a baseball game, and they were having to track me like right next to the baseball field. And so I, my high school coach was also my head high school football coach was also the track coach, and they had an empty lane in like the one ten hurdles or something like super fast that everyone was good at, and I'm like, hey, let me jump in. And he's like, yeah, sure. So I jump in, and it turned out it was a district meet, so it counted towards a varsity letter because I started a race in a district meet. Now the rest of the story is I got to about fifty meters and veered off and never finished the race. So technically, I'm still like incomplete. I've never finished that time. But three sport, I count it. Yeah, that's yeah, what I like to. Hear. I would too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, how was Ohio Wesleyan? I know you hold a whole bunch of records there. You're like one of the best players in their conference, NCAC. How's that feel? Like looking back now, how's it? How's it kind of feel? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was it was as great of experience as I could ever have asked for. Uh you know, I was I was fortunate enough where, you know, I, I was able to, you know, win a starting job and be the quarterback, you know, my, all my four years there. Uh, it was just a special time for me. It's something I'll always cherish and look back. Always had that soft spot in my heart for my alma mater, of course. Yeah. Uh, and the conference in general. I check scores every week. I check the whole thing. I love seeing, you know, kind of what goes on in the conference there for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a special time. And, and it was something I'll – I always remember, and I always uh, be very fortunate to be a part of for sure. Yeah, maybe talking about another fortunate part: get invited to Pittsburgh Steelers mini rookie camp. 
Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be that's gotta be fun. Being from a D three, getting to go to the NFL or yeah. just practice with them. That's just that's yeah. cool. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, that was always, you know, a dream of mine as a kid. And even as, you know, I went to a small school, I realized what I was getting myself into, you know, like, Hey, if I want to pursue this, like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to want to pursue this after I'm done. I'm going to want to see if I continue to play and continue to do this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what I did. I mean, I, I you know, I was fortunate. I got, you know, a, an agent, uh, right after my senior year of college, started training, started prepping at a few pro days. I had a pro day. I had my own pro day at Ohio Wesleyan, uh, you know, varying degrees of success. I had my pro, I had another pro day at Miami of Ohio. Uh, they invited me to be a part of their pro day. So I was really fortunate to, to get there and be there. Uh, so you got to, uh, you got to impress all the NFL scouts there, huh? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the big one, fortunately that I was able to actually compete in was at the university of Tennessee. Ooh. Uh, so I oh, guess I, I didn't know this until I went through the process, but like if you're allowed to compete in any pro day, as long as you're invited, in the state that you went to college in or the state that you're from. So I did Miami of Ohio and then the university of Tennessee, they had a running back and a receiver coming out that year and they didn't have a quarterback. Uh, so, you know, one thing led to another, I got hooked up. And so the next thing I know I'm flying on a plane down there and I'm in their pro day and that's what you're in front of all the eyes in the world there. So that was fun. And then, you know, that whole process of, you know, draft day and understand you're a small school kid. You're probably not going to hear your name called and, you know, one of the seven rounds, but, you know, my agent's like, hey, you know, you're an undrafted free agent, you know, you can, you know, we'll, we'll wheel and deal behind the scenes and kind of after the draft, we'll have something for you. And what do you know, the Steelers popped and I went and had had an unbelievable time and it kind of parlayed into this crazy arena football career now that I've been fortunate to be a part of now for seven years. So I, I've been very blessed, very blessed. All right, one last question about the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, Camp. Yep. So did you get to meet any of the players like on the roster or was it kind of just rookies all just there? Like did any veteran players like just come in, maybe watch, maybe teach a little? Yeah, no. So there were obviously no veterans practicing. Yeah. Uh, You know, there were, there were veterans interspersed like throughout, you know, in the facility, in and out, you know, throughout kind of their day and, you know, watching practice or whatever's going on. But as far as like the actual nuts and bolts of the practice, it was, you know, mainly almost exclusively rookies. And then the, you know, the kind of the vets that were there, like Darius Hayward Bay was there one day, you know, like some of the vets that were kind of established there at the time, you know, were there and kind of, you know, throughout the facility and they're mean winning. But the, really the most, I guess, uh, like connection that you had, they were through the coaches, like, yeah. You know, got to be, you know, being a meeting room with Mike Tomlin, being a meeting room with Randy Fishner, you know, you know, their OC last year, who's the quarterback coach at the time, like being in those meeting rooms and really get like high level instruction and try to earn yourself a job. At the end of the day, it was a, it was a job interview, you know, and, and it didn't work out, you know, necessarily the way that I hoped. Obviously, I wish I was, you know, playing, you know, on Sunday, but, you know, it was a job interview in the such where, hey, I, I, you know, have a job now where I get to wake up and play football for a living and have a blast doing it. And, and that's, you know, that that's something to be said for that for sure. Yeah. yeah. So right after the Steelers mini camp and you learned that, that you did not get a spot, did you, yeah. uh, was that the case that you did not get a spot? Okay. And was it straight to like finding another opportunity to play football? Is that kind of how it was? Well, kind of. So like, so at the end, you know, at the end you get done with, you get done with your, you know, camp or whatever. And, you know, they, you know, meet with people kind of, you know, not necessarily exit interviews, more informal, but, you know, you say, you know, go through, thanks for the opportunity. You never know, you know, who, when you cross paths, but, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to be able to talk with uh, the GM, Kevin Colbert, who oddly enough is an, is an Ohio Wesleyan. I don't know if he's an alum or he used to coach, he used to coach baseball. There's something weird. He has a weird connect there. And so, you know, I went up to like, Hey, shake up, you know, shake his hand, tell him thanks for the opportunity you know, any, anything else in the future, whatever. And that's what he was like, Hey dude, look like you're from a small school. Like you represent yourself really well here. Like you have the talent to do this a hundred percent. We're not willing to invest major capital in you right now as a, as a small school athlete. Like, you know, we, we need to see you bridge the gap where, Hey, go play against some sec players, go play against some big 10 players consistently, you know, and then, and then you show you can do that. Maybe we'll reevaluate after that. And that's when he suggested, you know, go go play in Canada, go play arena football, go play 
something where you can show you can play against Division One all conference level competition, you know, and that's that's kind of how that parlayed is, you know, I, I leave there, you know, that thought's kind of rolling around in my mind. You know, I'm kind of licking my wounds is the first time I've ever really been rejected as far as being cut from a team or anything like that. That's, you know, that hurts your ego as an athlete for sure. So I'm kind yeah, of licking my wounds. I take a, my first college coaching job and I'm sitting there and I'm going, dude, you know what? Like, I'm, I think I was 22 or 23 at the time. like, he's right. Like, I can't sit here and sulk forever. Like, dude, go out, get some experience. Like, go find somewhere. Go latch on somewhere. Go play in Canada. Go play arena. You know, and so that's when I started reaching out. My agent started reaching out. And one thing led to another. Next thing, I'm playing arena football in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. And uh, <laughs> and kind of that kind of took off from there. Yeah. I mean, hey, just some paths lead you to random places that. It's just, crazy, man. Uh, just crazy. It, it is crazy. Yeah. All right, now, so, oh, shining go. Oh, you go ahead. No, all right, I'll go. Uh, so was that the kind of the main takeaway was when you met that the, the, the GM? Was yeah. that kind of like where everything just kind of clicked and changed? Yeah, because I think, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, to cut you off there, but like no, that's, good. I mean, that was a major component for me was that like the confidence piece of it. Because still, like, you're a small school kid, and you, you know, you, have, you know, you did all this stuff or whatever, but at the end of the day, like, you didn't play at Ohio State. You didn't play at Clemson. You didn't play at Alabama. And even though you felt like you could have, you chose not to go that route. You know what I mean? I, I went small school. So to, to just to hear those words of affirmation from him that's like, dude, you can do this. Like, invest in it. That gave me all the confidence I needed to kind of like, hey, go out, pursue this a little bit. Like, connect with coaches, connect with people, whether it's in the NFL, the CFL, the AFL, whatever it is. Like, you can do this, dude. Like, just because somebody's strolling in, and they played at Virginia Tech, or they played at University of Washington, or USC, like, that doesn't mean you can't compete, that you can't outthrow them. It's just that you happen to go to a smaller school, and it kind of is what it is at that point. Just line it up, football doesn't lie, and, and you can play ball, and you can let it fly. Yeah, I think that was probably the, maybe a little best thing that's ever happened to you, maybe. Because I believe that your uh, career in arena football throughout the different leagues, you've been very successful. So, hey, that GM pushed you into the right area, and you've been hundred percent. A hundred percent, he did. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the for the honesty, for sure. He was an honest guy, and you know, it was what it was. And and uh, I, I love my life right now. I mean, I can't, I can't complain whatsoever. Yeah, that's nothing to be ashamed of. Loving life. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's all you can ask for. And you were talking about after you began coaching a little. Um, <laughs> Did you did you coach? You coach high school and college? Is that what you coach? Yeah. So my first. So in the past, God, what was my first year? It'd been 2014 football season. So from 2014 to 2020, I coached college football, uh, varying positions. But I spent two years at Defiance College, uh, coaching quarterbacks, uh, and then I spent three years coaching receivers at Denison University in near Columbus, Ohio. Spent two years after that coaching quarterbacks at the same school at Denison University. Then spent the last the COVID season in the spring uh, as offensive coordinator, play caller uh, type situation there. And then this year has been my first foray as offensive coordinator in the high school football up in Worcester, Ohio. That's where we're at, Worcester High School. So uh, this is my first year of high school. Before that, it was all college. But yeah, and that kind of that high school, small college realm for school. Well, isn't Denison? And Ohio Wesleyan, aren't they kind of rivals? They're hundred percent their rivals. Yes, they're Man. they're very close. They're only about 30, 30 minutes apart. Uh, Wait, yeah. so how, how come you didn't get a job at Ohio Wesleyan then? Because they, well, they must have known that you were on the market, and they should have been like, "Hey, one of our greatest players of all time is out there. So why don't we pick him up? Why didn't they?" Do you that know what? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, you gotta ask them now. I'm not sure. I. You know, I think it was, a, you know, maybe a circumstance that I don't think they knew I was interested in coaching maybe elsewhere from where I was. And uh, the Defiance College, the, the the school I was at previously when I first got out of college coaching, uh, the the one of the GAs that I worked with, his dad was the head coach at Denison. So there was a there was a connect there. It was like he knew my situation. He knew I was still playing arena football and that I wanted to also coach. And so – he kind of told his dad, 
you know, he, he his Jack Tatum's his name. He called me. We kind of worked out the situation. Like, hey, come up, coach my receivers, coach my quarterbacks. You know, a couple years later, you can still play arena football. And it just kind of worked out from there. So it was, it was a really fortunate situation for sure. Yeah, just still can't believe you went to your rival. Can't believe <laughs> that. Know. Oh, trust me, I got more flat. I got emails from professors. I, oh, I got, dude, it was, it was bad. I, oh yeah, it was bad. It was bad for a second, but it's all right. You know, it's, it's, it's cool. Everyone forgets and forgets at some point. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so when you were coaching uh, at for Denison against yep. against your alma mater, was were, did things get a bit heated at all, or was it just kind of like a fun, <laughs> like I really oh. got to win against these guys or what? You know, the first year. uh, it got a little bit heated after the game. There was there was some other stuff going on, you know, what whatever. I'll I'll leave that story yeah. for another time. But uh, there there was a little bit of a little bit of heat after the game, uh, and then it very quickly like within the week like dispersed. It's like what are we doing, guys? Like I still love you. You still love me. Like you know, Dennison signing my paychecks right now. Like what am I supposed to do? Like not try to go win a football game? Like come on, yeah. You know, yeah. so after that point, it's been, you know, and that, you know, it's it, even at that point, we were never upset at each other. Like, I have an unbelievable relationship with that coaching staff at Ohio Wesleyan, unbelievable relationship with the coaching staff at Denison. I love them both. It's like, it's like, you know, parents stay with their kids, like equally but separately. Like, yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, I got to tell a quick story because apparently I was a part of a hatred because we're from Mandan, North Dakota, and we got Bismarck okay. right across the river. So Mandan High and Bismarck High, they kind of rivals. And apparently my senior year, something went out about a bounty against, like, yes, Bismarck bounty, players yeah. from Mandan. <laughs> I don't know how that got out, but it did. So there was some heat going into that game, and we proceeded to get stomped, like, 55 to 14, I believe. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that tough. Was, that, one hurts. that one hurts the ego for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wasn't really a part of it cause, you know, I didn't really care. I was kind of cool with playing Bismarck schools because I played with some Bismarck kids like an AAU basketball back yeah, in the yeah. day. So I was like, you know what? Eh, I don't really care, but I don't know how a bounty got out there. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, that one. That was that's that's yeah, tough. that's yeah for <laughs> sure. So, um, Connor was talking about his high school sport or his sports. Was it just baseball and football that you've always played, or has it have you excelled in anything else? Kind of beyond the, the just in just being pretty good at a different sport besides baseball and football. Yeah, I no, I mean, I, you know, as a kid, you do, you know, especially like a kid that loves sports, you're athletic, you do everything, get your hands on. You know what I mean? You play. I played basketball all the way up until high school. You know, I was, uh, you know, I, as a kid, you know, I'm talking like 12, 13 and under kid, maybe even younger than that. Probably 12 and under, like, was was really into karate like really into the Taekwondo and the point fighting and stuff and doing the whole like circuit where you're going to different States and fighting and rank points and doing all that. Now, you know, I was pretty, pretty successful in that, uh, you know, as a kid, uh, my travel, I spent a lot of time on my travel baseball team. We went everywhere you can imagine, you know, we, we did, we even did the, whatever it is, the world series up there in Cooperstown for the travel ball world series, not the little league, like the U triple yeah. day stuff. We did that stuff, the whole thing. Like, so a lot of time spent that, but at the end of the day, I always knew I was a football player and my dad was a football player. I made me a football player. And so I always had that in the back of my mind that no matter what, I was going to settle on football at the end of the day. Well, now you can become a great esports player. Why not? Yeah, I got to get in it, man. I got to, I got to get into that. I used to be a dominant, dominant Madden FIFA player in college. And I got like, that's, that's literally all I got in the tank. Like the, the, the shooters, the Call of Duties and stuff, and my brother, like, does the Fortnites and all that stuff. I got no shot. But I'm sure you're way beyond that. That's the only video game stuff that I'm, I'm involved in currently is that kind of stuff. So I, I got no shot. I got no shot. Yes. None at all. Same exactly. Like, whenever my brother plays Call of Duty, he always gets mad at me because I, I always die too much. And I'm like, sorry, man. I, I can't play this fast. I can't shoot this fast. I'm, more, <laughs> I'm, like, that, I'm like that Madden FIFA guy. Yeah, right. Like, how in the world am I supposed to see it? Like the, like, um, it's yeah, it's it's beyond me. It's beyond me. Yeah, well, I think my brother's talking to his RE right now. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, so how does uh, coaching college football and meet in high school this season? How is that gonna? Well, I guess 
Now, let me reword that because arena football is in the summer, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that was a bad question. My bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask how do, how does coaching college football and arena, playing arena at the same time work, but then I just realized. Yeah, well, it is kind of great. And so, like, there is some merit to your question there, and I'm going to tell you why. Because, so, our season is so late. Yeah. Like, we go from – we start in February, March-ish, and we played the championship game this year, August 14th, I think. So well, kind our, of at the start of. like. Yeah, of. our first game here was August 20th. So, like, yeah. So, actually what I had to do was we played in Albany, New York. We flew, uh, we flew to New York on whatever it was, Thursday or Friday. Uh, we played the game Saturday night. And I actually didn't even fly back with the team. I got my own flight at 6 a.m. out of Albany to Atlanta the next day. Me and my girlfriend flew back, drove the drove from the airport to Atlanta down to down to Columbus, got my car packed up, and then I got in the car and immediately drove whatever it was, like 12 hours north to Ohio, just so I could get here in time for Monday practice for a game week. Like, so there is a little bit of juggling there in that aspect for sure. Yeah. Uh, Kind of the the bookends, kind of like kind of crisscross, you know. So there's a little bit of that. Has there has there been any time yet where there's been just an overlap of game and game? I assume probably not. But yeah, no, I've been pretty fortunate so far. Know that this and uh, there was one year, maybe it was 2018. Yeah, I think it was 2018 that there was a really late championship game. It was like late August for whatever reason, and it overlapped with game week with with college game week so we like again it was a very similar situation to this like i got done and i immediately get in the car and drove north you know to to coach and so i and that was a weird situation because we had played our college game that weekend was in texas so we actually had to fly out on like thursday so i drove up from georgia just to get there in time to fly to texas i don't know it was dude it's it's it was nuts. yeah it was that's nuts, nuts. Yeah, that's that's not, not, football, football, right? May I might add? Yeah. Uh, did you not win 2018 Offense Player of the Year? I did. I did. Yeah. 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 Appreciate the football. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey, he was committed on and off the field. That's all. Yeah. That's all. That <laughs> it was a crazy year, man. It was a crazy year. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. All right. I got uh-huh. one. I got one quick question. Maybe a little off topic, yeah. but. So Bismarck, we got an arena team, Bismarck Bucks. Yeah, Bismarck Bucks, yeah, okay, I'm in. Okay, we've been, me and my brother have been to a few games like over the past years, and I feel like every year there's a new starting quarterback. So do you think there's like a lot of turnover in arena arena league football, like any leagues? Yeah, there there definitely is. Uh, Quite honestly, there it's just the nature of our contracts, like kind of getting into the weeds a little bit like, the nature of our contracts are, you know, for most players are one year, yeah. you know, you start getting into like, you know, franchise level quarterbacks, you can get up to, you know, you know, three year contracts or whatever, but the vast majority uh, of players are under one year contract. And I think maybe even coaches as well. And you'll find in arena football, like a lot of veterans, but especially quarterbacks follow uh, a coach that they trust. And the coach has a quarterback that they trust. So if there's a lot of coaching turnover, there therefore is a lot of quarterback turnover. And like you said, there's so many arena football is so different. It really is. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't have the patience to wait on developing a rookie, developing somebody young, seeing the talent and teaching them the game. They'd rather just go out and get a quick fix and get a veteran who's been doing it you know, five plus years. So there's a little bit of that aspect too, especially if you have a impatient ownership group that's, you know, trying to, you know, make a profit and do all that, which you can't blame them. It's a business at the end of the day, but there's all, there's, there's a million little things, but yeah, there is, there's a lot of, a lot of turnover. Yeah. Typically in a, in a, in an organization. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what, I think that might be what happens. Like the ownership just tries to get a quick buck because I feel like there's probably how many like new franchises come up and then kind of just disappear after a couple of years? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. That's the name of the game. I mean, you know, and, and as players are always looking for stability, yeah. and a better you know, like, 
Yeah. I mean, you're look, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I'm sure Bismarck does a great job out there. I've, you know, I've had a couple of friends, I think that played out there actually, but like, you know, no, you know, no offense there, but like, there's, there's a few like premier arena spots out there that, you know, they're going to be there year in year out. You're going to be stable. You can get an apartment. You can do the whole thing. You can live there, you know, that you're not worried about the whole organization folding. You know, and yeah. so players, once you kind of establish yourself, you know, it's like anything else. You know, if you're in the if you're in the MLB and you establish yourself with, you know, the Oakland A's and the New York Yankees come calling because now you're an all-star player, yeah. you know, it just kind of is what it is at that point. So there's there's a little bit of that aspect, too. Well, yeah. I bet oh, you can go, Sean. I was going to say, I bet just settling down makes a person feel more comfortable, might even affect games at some point. If someone's just doesn't, they don't have the foundation there to know that they can they can stay for this whole year like why buy an apartment or even a house if you if you're just going to be out for one year yeah i mean I yeah, think that was you've, been, you've been fortunate though because you've been in columbus for like a couple years i mean it was a little off and on early on but kind of stable now so that must be nice yeah yeah and i think there's you know all you know but what you guys are both saying like a combination of all of that you know there's uh you know, the, the Lions, the Columbus Lions are a stable organization. Call it what it is. You know, they found their they found their niche there. I think they're on season 15 or 16. Yeah. Uh, you know, with that being said, they've had the same coach there, Jason Gibson, for every year of their existence. So, you know, and, and I have a great relationship with him. He's my guy. You know, quite honestly, I was joking about the, you know, the Pennsylvania thing earlier in the year, earlier in the, in the you know, in the interview, like, we were bad. Like, that Pennsylvania team I played for, the Erie Explosion, yeah. like, the, you know, the coaches and players I play with, they're great dudes. I love them, especially the head coach, Sean Liotta. If you hear the shout-out, he's actually – you guys heard of the FCF, the fan-controlled league? He's yeah. the one He's the one running that. He so, he oh, was my old so. coach with the Erie Explosion. So, he's a great dude, great head coach. We just didn't have the funding or whatever to, to be a good team. We were really bad. And – I, honestly, but at the end of that year, I thought that like, okay, like I'm done. Like nobody's gonna want to sign a quarterback just one that went two and thirteen or whatever we went. And Jason Gibson, the head coach for the Columbus, called me and signed me and is like, dude, you know, you know, really invested in me as a young dude learning arena football. And so, like because of that, there's that loyalty factor for me. It's like, okay, if all's even, I'm gonna go play in Columbus. One because I trust him. You know, that's where it started. And now my life is there, you know, I, you know, my girlfriend's there, my apartment's there, you know, that's where my life is now. So that, you know, that's like you said, provides that comfortability, that stability. It's like, Hey, like this is somewhat my, my hometown now, yeah. you know, for lack of a better term and helps you just settle in. And, and like you said, invest, you know, take it like a job. I wake up every morning and I worry about playing football and I worry about putting the, on the best show for, you know, in the Columbus civic center in our role. Yeah. All right, Sean, if you don't got any more questions, I got one last one. I, I got a, I got one here. So arena football, do they – is it kind of similar to the NFL where they have many camps and everything just to see – or like summer camps to see who, who is the best and who should get the job? Yeah. I, the way it works, you know, majority of the time is uh, they'll be like – you guys probably seen a lot on social media, like, open tryout camps for yeah, whoever, right? Anyone can walk out, pay $40, mm-hmm. you know, line up and play, you know, for a, a vast majority of that is a lot of, you know, money grab. Like I kind of hate that they do that, but it is what it is. But it, it like, you know, you eventually, you might get a player or two out of that, but you know, what happens from then on is like, okay, well now this goes to uh, the first part of camp. That's official. The first organized like, official team activity is mini camp. It's quarterbacks, receivers, DBs, it's skill guys. And uh, I forget what the number is, but you have, you know, it's, we start with, let's say 25, you know, all in of those guys. And you have to cut down to probably 10, I would say, if not less, you know, all in. And then after that mini camp's over and kind of that, that skill roster is somewhat not set, but you're at least narrowed it down to probably the final cuts. Then they bring the big fellas in and they do it all over again. You get a big crop of big fellas they cut it down. So all in all, you probably bring in over 40, maybe 45 to 50, and you end up with a with a 24-man roster at the end of the day. So about every person they bring in, about every two people they'll bring in, they'll end up sending one home, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. For the last question, 
Where do you see yourself in the future? Because I know you're coaching right now. You're still yeah. playing. Where do you see yourself in like a couple years? Like, where do you want to go? What do you want to do, like football wise? Yeah. So, I mean, the short term goal for me is, you know, obviously, I, I I'm no longer under contract with the Lions after November first. Uh, so, you know, kind of, you know, just, you know, figuring out from there as far as playing, you know, what the best situation is, what what that looks like for sure. Uh, you know, as far as the immediate future. You know, would love. I, I, I mean, I had an absolute blast playing this year. Uh, like I said, I love my job. I love my life. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, would not mind continuing to do that for you know a year or two more. You know, if there's a rise of the Arena Football League again, or if the NAL, you know, continues to expand the whole thing. Wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, once I'm done, I would love to, you know, kind of full force jump into uh, college coaching. You know, I, I think. I've really enjoyed – I've enjoyed my time here in high school 100% for sure. Enjoyed my time in college as well. Uh, that's where I kind of see myself, you know, kind of aspiring to be. I, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it, dream goal of mine, like I close my eyes in 20 years, like what am I doing? Like I'm a head coach at a power five. I'm a head coach in the NFL. You know, that was, that's the goal that I'm going to shoot for. You know, if you don't if – you, what, what do they say? Shoot for the – Shoot for the stars. Shoot for the moon. Shoot for the moon even if you miss, you land amongst the stars. There yeah. you go. There you go. That's yeah. it. Right. Now the thought, you know, if I'm, I'm going to coach it, man, if I'm going to get into coaching, I'm going to try to I'm gonna try to do it big. So why not? It's just kind of my personality anyway. Yeah. yeah there you go. Hey, you'd make a great coach. You're a fun guy to be around. Like, yeah. You'd just be, I a, appreciate you'd be a fun guy to play yeah. under. That's all I got to say. I appreciate it. Come on out, man. We got some pads in the back. We'll get you some cleats. We'll get this thing going. I promise you one thing. It's warmer than North Dakota. Yeah, I can't, I can't promise you much. True. I can promise you it's warmer than North Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you got a 6'1 cornerback that's weighing 170 right now. Need it. Need it. Need it. <laughs> that's it. I've been to the Dakotas before. They're they're uh, they're different now. It's cold. It's it's yeah. a whole, yeah. it's a whole it's, thing. It's, it's always cold. Uh, we don't we – don't, it could be middle of summer. It's usually cold, but yeah. absolute blast having you on. Such a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, I know. We're definitely gonna have to do this again sometime. Yeah, no doubt, man. We we'll love we we'll love two guys anytime. You guys have been a blast, man. I really appreciate you having me. Yes, well, everyone, this is Mason Espinosa.